0: This is the lead-in scripture to where we're at in our study about the Holy Spirit. Uh, what's the outcome then, brethren? This is in 1 Corinthians 14, 26. When you assemble, each one has a psalm, has a teaching, has a revelation, has a tongue, has an interpretation. Let all things be done for edification. We're going to get into the detail of that scripture a little bit later. But just look at what it says. It says, when you assemble... Each one has, the tense is correct. Each one has a psalm, has a teaching, has a revelation, has a tongue, has an interpretation. Let all things be done for edification. And then I ran across a quote of somebody I really respect. Uh, how many of you know who Sean Boltz is? No, nope, back here. Thank you. Uh, how many know who Sean Boltz is? Okay, so this is a quote from Sean. We are our own best personal prophet. It's really important to acknowledge that or else you always look for someone else to lead you with their words. And you'll cut out a place of intimacy with God that He's reserved just for you. So that's Sean Bolts. Let me read it again and think about this. We are our own best personal prophet. It's really important to acknowledge that, or else you always look for someone else to lead you with their words, and you'll cut out a place of intimacy with God that He's reserved just for you. I was thinking about what we have reviewed and reviewed and reviewed about the Holy Spirit always coming to create relationship, to create something together. And then we're now getting into this part of First of, uh, Corinthians 14, where Paul lays out, what the purpose of the gifts are. And the purpose of the gifts are the purpose of the presence of the Holy Spirit, right? Because the gifts are the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives them. And it really says, when you assemble, each one has a psalm, has a teaching, has a revelation, has a tongue, has an interpretation. Let all things be done. And look what it does say. Let all things be done. So, if we, as you know, I like to lead us in this this contemplation as much as I can in Scripture. If we take that literally... Somebody tell me what it means about this room, the people in it right now. You each have something. So, Janet, Riley, you're going to have to. F- <laughs> you got your, do you have your? All right. All right. We're putting Riley to the test. He's going to follow it around. So, Janet, we're assuming that you have something from the Lord, something the Lord's going to give you, something through whatever. Would you mind sharing? Would you rather write? Would you guys? Would you guys be willing to come to the mic so Riley could get it on film, or would you prefer to have the mic passed around to you? Is it okay? Is it all right? There you go. You're off the hook, buddy. What a great group of people. All right, you can hold it. Okay. Yeah, you can give it to the next person. So, oops, are we on? Got the green. The bottom it's not turned ah. on. There you go. All right. So you tell them I'm going to sit down and be one of you. Hello. There it is.
1: You just got to keep talking. Okay. Let me think. Um, just got to go inside. Okay. So the one thing that's really on my heart and, um, really big to me right now or lately is the, um, the fact that Jesus, you know he've the, he got the three days of passion or the so he dies on the cross and then he goes into the grave and he there's just some great scriptures where he pulls up all humanity, a trail of humanity from the grave that's been locked down in there. You know, for since the beginning of time, um, I can't think of the scriptures, but it's just a beautiful thing to meditate on. You know how he did that, and then he rose from the grave, taking us with him. And that's just something I meditate on a lot, and it brings great comfort. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. Uh, after
0: Ronnie any of you guys on zoom got something you want to share one of you will be next
2: so in the world right now it's kind of a mess everything around us has got all kinds of problems there's predictions of new things that will be coming that will make things even worse and um, it's real easy to pick your side and point that they're the reason. And I think what I'm sensing God showing me is that it's a time for us to honor him by loving them that we're pointing to, because they're God's creation, and try our best to love them and ignore them sometimes. (laughs) Because I think sometimes, as when we're loving, we we do have to just ignore the complaints and the, the stuff that comes out and just see past that. So there it is.
0: Let's check on June first. Yeah, okay. It looks like they're not quite ready. Yeah. So you're up, Sonny. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Doris.
3: No, it's me. Oh, Patricia. Patricia.
0: Hi. Go ahead, Patricia.
3: Um, I don't know. I keep hearing the word entangle, and um. I'm going to read the definition from an online dictionary. Uh, Let's see. This is kind of strange, but, and I I will get get to the point where, how I think it applies to all of us. It says to wrap or twist together, interweave. um, I guess I should turn on the video, but it's not that great. There you go, you can see me, but it's, uh, there's a lot of light that, that glares off of this uh, camera. Okay, it means interweave um, and snare to involve in a perplexing or troublesome situation. Now, granted some of these, these um, definitions may or may not apply. Um, and maybe it's this one too to be complicated, Um, reason why I think God is speaking that to me is because these are days when we can, um, learn by the Spirit of God to become entangled spiritually with one another. And this is going to be really way out there, maybe, for some of you (laughs) because it's, um, It's new. It's new stuff and new information. But um, since you have, um, I think Nancy Cohen attends your church sometimes, and she uses that word entangle, um, but it's usually accompanied with another word. I think in being a prophet, I'm just going to give you this, and you can chew on it, and if it doesn't apply, you can throw it out or put it on the back burner, so to speak. Um, I think these are days that we're living in where if we allow the spirit of God to work in us, to entangle us spiritually with one another, um, there will be revelations. Um, there will be uh, oneness, unity, strength. Um, there's a lot of benefits of being entangled spiritually, uh, with one another. We are, I hear also the words, we are more spirit than we are, um, body and flesh, even though we, we walk around in this container, um, that we call our body. Um, the spirit of God as it becomes more and more in us, the Holy spirit becomes more and more in us. Then um, it takes, I, I don't like the word takes over, but it, it becomes more than the body or the mind or the will or the emotions. In fact, it oversees all of that stuff. So entangle, I think is, is an interesting concept because we can entangle our spirits with the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us. And as we do that, that entanglement will also um, have the potential of entangling with the other spirits of people. Now, when I was there a long time ago in Joyland, the Spirit of God came on me. Uh, many times, I don't think it was this building. It was, uh, when you guys were in the Nazarene, Nazarene church or something. The Spirit of God came on me and, um, those were powerful times. And I think that was like a foretaste of entanglement because, um, I remember even with you, Janet, you were in the front and, um, we came together and I said, I see a vision. Do you see it? And you saw it. You saw exactly what I was seeing. So that is a form of entanglement with the spirit of God. Um Now, if, if indeed, if this word is true, then by the spirit, we can't do this, you know, just say, Oh, I'm going to do this. No, it's not like that at all. It's, It's initiated and orchestrated by the spirit of God or the Holy spirit. So I'm wondering if we are in possibly in days on this earth where we, we can experience that again, or maybe it's the Holy spirit speaking through me to say that he wants or she wants to do that again, because when there's that unity Then also the other things that are attacking or influencing us in the world will get less and less because we will be entangled in his love or her love or the Trinity's love. And we will, um, grow closer and closer into the spiritual realm. So I think that's all I'm going to say about that. But so chew on it and see what. The spirit tells you
0: i'm going to share this chew on it throw it away or hold it on the back burner that's actually patricia's translation in first corinthians 14 of let one prophesy and let the others <laughs> chew on it let the others think on it that's a beautiful representation of that patricia and uh, i will be chewing on that uh, that's that's awesome Sonny. thank you patricia
4: so kind of what God's got me in is kind of like the art of becoming. It's like, you know, when, when Adam and Eve woke up, they were, they were full. They had all potential inside of them, but God created opportunity for them to step into and experience and draw out who they really was. So, And self-consciousness, actually cuts off our becoming and that's actually one of our worst enemies from the fall and but so god changes our mind to who we are but he also presents opportunity so and in that's the art of becoming like we just got to step in continually without being self-conscious about who we was last week or yesterday? For that new opportunity, opportunity presents uh, who we really are, and to walk it out, and that's kind of what he's doing with me—to to be able to just step into things and not be so self-conscious about myself and experience me and the flow of the Holy Spirit. And it's just a lifelong art of becoming, I guess. So
0: great guy. Well, so far, taking that literally is working out pretty good.
5: So you've already actually heard this, but something I've been chewing on was um, revelation that God gave me a couple weeks ago about heaven not being like this distant place or like another planet or anything like that, but it actually being like here as another dimension. And um and just, like, it just brought, I don't remember everything he said, I just, what I've been chewing on more is that, like, um, personalness of it, that it's, like, right here, and I can, like, not just reach into it, but it also is surrounding me, and I just saw it as, like, a, a sphere around me, kind of like the shield of faith that just completely surrounds you and um, protects you, like, I just felt, like, safe and protected. But I also, like, I don't know how to yet to, like, reach it and get, like, all my healing because I'm still struggling with a lot of physical stuff. But um, but I've just been kind of experimenting with it with different things of just um, listening to God of, like, like, why are you receiving this? Like, this is the opposite of what I have in heaven and, like, reach into heaven and come and spend time with me, like, right here. And it just makes... Um, Like, it's probably even like flowing through me and stuff, but I haven't gotten that far yet. But, (laughs) but it just, it just changed the whole reality of like what God has for us and the gifts that he has for us and everything that, that heaven has for us and that it's like right here. I don't have to like, Go up to heaven or do all this stuff that, like, so many ministries I've been a part of has done um, to access the the benefits of what God has in heaven. So
0: you know that old song where it says, "In the things of earth grow strangely dim in the light of your glory and grace." Sounds like you've experienced that in this revelation. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, we could use that. And go ahead and pick somebody else. <laughs> You guys are falling into this pretty good. I like it. That's what it says.
6: Okay. Here we are.
0: Pull it down just a little bit. There you go.
6: Okay. This is from... uh, Well, we were in Ascension uh, the other day, and I got this funny feeling on my tongue. I mean, it was kind of... um, It was uncomfortable. It was kind of like a twinge and it didn't go away. And so I started asking the Lord, what is this about? And so he took me to Isaiah six and it says,
0: you think that's what it means, Meg, when it says that one has a Psalm, one has a teaching, a revelation, one has a yeah. tongue, a tongue.
6: tongue. <laughs> 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 yeah, right. Here we go. Uh, So where's the seraphim? Okay, verse six. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth with it and said, behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away and your sin purged. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send? Who will go for us? Then I said, here am I, send me. And he said, go and tell this people, and he goes on. But it is a constant reminder now of I don't, I think twice about entering in or making comments when people are pointing fingers and and saying things. But there's a grace that's coming with it, and there's no condemnation. It's just that's where I am at the moment. And then a second thing is I heard a... Um, a political person on TV say, and it really impressed me was, it's not who we've been in the past, but it's who we are right now that really counts. And some of us can say, well, I did this and I did that, and how wonderful that all is. But who are we right now? That's who who we are representing the Lord. So anyway, God. thank you.
0: Would you grab somebody else? Cool. It's a lot better when I'm not picking on people, huh?
7: Yeah. Let's see. I was trying to to think about what in particular, because it's like there's just always like so many amazing little things. Um, but I think that's probably actually that's probably what it is, is just finding the joy and the gratitude and just all the little tiny things on a constant basis. And living from a place of that, um, just really, I think the Lord's been really kind of highlighting, like especially as circumstances can get really rough sometimes, and you can get lost in those circumstances. But the way that he hides himself, like it's, you know, that verse, it says like it's the, um, it's, you know, it's like the kingly, I forget how the verse goes, but it's the it's king's, role to seek out things, to seek out the treasures. And oh,
0: the Lord hides right. something, but yes. yeah. there you Can seek it out, yeah.
7: Yeah, and just like, yeah, how he hides these little things all over the place, and then when you stay in this, it just creates this atmosphere for gratitude, and gratitude just opens up just so much, and just being able to experience the Lord. And then, then you find that those big circumstances that seemed so big before, like, actually are is super super small because the heaven has a way of doing that when you get heaven's perspective it just everything else is just so small in comparison and like i i mean so many other people just i see how all these little things that people are saying where it's like you pull these truths out of heaven you live in these these states <laughs> from that and just like how we literally the Lord put in us the ability to, um, I I don't know exactly how much to go into this, but another thing that I just really have been finding, a a lot of teachings surprisingly have lined up that I've come across that really fit in for this particular season that I've been in and that a lot of people have been in. Um, But it's like literally just living out of that supernatural realm how much do you believe like what he says, and what you can really pull out of that, and when you get caught in i mean it could be something like like food, um okay, I'm hungry like that is a, a physical circumstance that I am living in, but actually what is the reality the re- you know and you go into the perspective of heaven, and gratitude will oftentimes open that up, and he can make the littlest thing so much bigger. Like, I mean, and here's a perfect example, like people literally living off of communion for years and years and never needing anything else. And so just like ways where it's like the supernatural can just open up for you for that. And 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 it's not even from a prayer mentality of, oh, Lord, like, please, you know, bring the food. You could pray that. Or you can honestly live from a place where it's like, you know what, actually you've already given me everything I need and your word even says that, well, your word says eat of my flesh and it also says that your word is our bread and you can literally live from a place of that and how much are you willing to step into that and actually see what he's going to do with that. But, yeah. Yeah,
0: that's (laughs) awesome. Go Go ahead and pick somebody else up.
8: That's
0: great, thanks.
8: Praise God. This is good. I like everybody's perspectives. (laughs) Uh, Where where is the Holy Spirit? You know, there was a time, and a lot of us have gone through that season, where it was very strong with what was going on with the Holy Spirit in the gifts. The falling out at the altar, uh, people praying in tongues and, you know, interpretation of tongues. And you saw that very strongly all the time. I think in many ways it became more personalized for everybody. Uh, those giftings, and uh, personally, I, I would like to see more and more of that come back into the church body, and and people actually experimenting with it, and and, and really hearing from the Holy Spirit, and sharing with people. But what really came into when as so I was sitting there thinking about this, I was thinking about again my favorite scripture, John fourteen twenty. In that day, you know, I'm in my Father, you're in me, and I'm in you, and where was the Holy Spirit and all of that? Well, the Holy Spirit's there too. You know, God started speaking to me about, we don't separate who I am. You may see me in different functions, but I am still Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And uh, that's become so so more evident to us in our ascension time, you know, and all three show up. It isn't just Jesus. It isn't just the Father that we're speaking with or having time with. It's the Holy Spirit. And it has become personalized for me in a lot of ways, but I, I know that Meg and I went through a time when we would go both go off and pray in the Spirit and then journal what the Holy Spirit shared with us and then share what He spoke to us and how did that match up as far as a vision or uh, the way He wanted us to proceed and, and that was very helpful. And I know we've been talking and want to get a lot more back into that. I know Larry does a lot of journaling. But I think, I believe the Holy Spirit is so much behind a lot of what's going on. And uh, <laughs> I agree with several of the comments of people saying, you know, as a time such as this, this is a time really right now where we need Father, Son, and Holy Spirit uh, intervening. Uh, It's a difficult time. It's a difficult time for a lot of people. And it hurts our hearts sometimes to see what some people are going through because of the current events. But God is still in charge. He's still a good, good God. He still has a wonderful son who gave us salvation, who gave us new life. And he's got the wonderful Holy Spirit that still showers us with all of his gifts. Mm -hmm. That's where I'm at.
0: Go ahead and point somebody. uh as we were practicing worship, I uh one of the songs that we sang, the, the New Has Come, and uh, reminded me of someone. So I looked it up on the YouTube and sent it to him because that's what God told me to do. <laughs> Praise so, God. So I was right there. God speaks to us all the time. Amen.
9: Riley Um, this is weird, Larry. How do you do this every week? (laughs) Um, well, since we do all have everything, I think that some people have stories and some people have, you know, their own gifts that they feel like are very special, which I'm sure they are. And most people, I think, have multiple gifts. I think that one people that, or one, sorry, one thing that I've been given is being able to see people way more than just like face value and so normally i I do just look at face value and that's fine but then i can kind of just look deeper and be able to see hey you're like more than what you think even and that's really cool and i don't really know how to tell you anything because i don't totally know but like at least i know there's something there and i can see it very quickly and normally it it's reality uh, as i start to know them better and meet them which is nice because then it's a better judgment of character yeah. um but yeah uh i don't even doug you're the last one Wait, jason you're up jason
0: <laughs> he was looking at that inner man when do you guys get over here <laughs> thanks riley that was awesome you know, Riley, it, that's probably a manifestation of something we're going to see in a little bit if we have time to get to it, is the, the real meaning of exhortation. It's uh, one of the elements about a prophetic gift.
10: A duck walks into a bar. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, anyway, um, he, asked the, he asked the bartender, Hey, bartender, you got any duck food? He goes, no, I got no duck food. Get out of here. Next day, a duck walks into a bar and says, Hey, bartender, you got any duck food? Bartender looks like, I told you yesterday I didn't have no duck food. I have no duck food. Get out of here. Comes the third day, duck walks into a bar. Says, hey, bartender, you got any duck food? Bartender looks like, man, I told you yesterday. I told you now. I don't have no duck food. You come in here tomorrow, I'm going to nail your feet to the ground. Comes in the next day, says, hey, bartender, you got any nails? I says, no. You got any duck food? <laughs> anyway. yeah anyway um things on my heart uh, things that are going on kind of at a crossroads right now with the lord and what we're doing we got family in california we've been spending a lot of time with helping out with aunts and uncles and moms and stepfathers and everything and we almost feel i was telling janet just a what six weeks ago a couple months ago it's like it almost feels like something's changing almost feels like we're at a a different place and we don't really know where we're supposed to be because um, do we spend more time in California do we spend more time over here so we're kind of in that little place we've been praying and, and since we got back from uh, California and spending time in uh, Conejos and now in Divide up here we've been having dreams again and they're mm. pretty good had That's a couple dreams a couple three dreams real good uh, one was pretty cool you know Hanging out with Jesus. I won't bore you with all the details. It's cool. The other one was we're just running around, declare, decreeing, declaring the normality of the earth to come back into normality. I don't even use the word normality, so I don't even know.
0: That was in your dream?
10: Yeah. So like the 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 sky, the rivers, the, the mountains, the flowers, the grass, everything. And as the dream progressed, everything started coming back into normality. And... Even the people, you know, like you might have a neighbor that has their, a bunch of junk and they just don't clean their stuff. Everybody started doing stuff. Everything just started working and nobody had to ask. It just, flower was happy, they were dancing. I mean, it was cool. But um, so it's pretty neat. Um, I believe Jan and I are getting ready to, to um, maybe be set on another bit of a different type of journey. Just don't know what that is yet, and we're looking forward to that, so it's cool. It's good So, cool.
0: Before you go, would you lead us in a few of those declarations? You know, uh, I don't
10: even decree and declare. I
0: know, yeah, I know, but, but would you lead us? Uh, and Just say it and give us a pause so we can I say it after just you just about normality.
10: Like, uh, I was just like, I decree and declare the mountains into normality. Mountains come back into normality.
0: Mountains come back into normality.
10: I did decree and declare that the uh, rivers will come back into normality, clean pristine, full of life.
0: Rivers, uh, yeah, come, come back into normality, clean, pristine, and full of life. The,
10: we just decree and declare that uh, the, the meadows would come back into normality. Um, the, the, the grasses in the meadows, the flowers in the meadows would just come back into normality.
0: We decree and we declare that the meadows will come back into normality. The grasses in the meadows and the flowers in the meadows.
10: Yeah. The air would come back into normality. Nice and clean air. Clean air. Back the air normality. would come into
0: normality. Clean air. Air. clean air.
10: We ask the communities come back into normality in Jesus' name. The people in the communities come back into normality.
0: We ask the communities come back into normality in Jesus' name. The people in the communities and the communities come back into normality.
10: The oceans and the fish come back into normality. The
0: oceans, the oceans and the fish come back into normality.
10: Yeah, all that stuff. Just, you can just go forever. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. So.
0: Amen. Thank you. Come
10: on, pick. There's Jen and Jason. Amen. The JJs.
0: <laughs> yes, you may. If it fits within the category of a psalm, a teaching, a revelation, a tongue, an interpretation, or a word, or all things.
4: It's a pretty broad category. So, you know, I think it was maybe even you, you wrote something or you said something about the uh, creation is waiting for the manifestations of the sons of God, right? And immediately I I felt like it was actually this week and that God says we have the opportunity to create boundaries because everything is out of boundary. And he, he created in the beginning boundaries for everything so the seas wouldn't roll past their boundaries, the the weather cooperated and rolled past, but there was something released and things are out of boundaries. So this week I felt like he says that that's part of our manifestation, that we can declare now boundaries on the earth so things don't go beyond. That's kind of
0: what just would, just happened with Doug, huh?
4: Yeah. Dream. So. Awesome. So, Larry, I have some a
11: confession. I was in the restroom when you gave the instructions, mm-hmm. and so I've listened to everybody else, so I can make something up. But it would be one of those things of where I'd be saying, "Larry, I think what you're asking is," and then I just say okay. whatever I want.
0: So what? Uh, yeah, just to take this literally that that by us assembling, yeah, that each one has a psalm or a teaching, revelation, tongue, interpretation. Uh, some of the examples are things that the Lord's just been speaking to people about or that you've been meditating on, or recent revelation, or you may have a, like Patricia came with kind of a full-on prophetic word, that uh-huh. I thought was pretty helpful.
11: Actually. I, you know what, I could I could probably flow in any of those.
0: So just whatever's in your heart?
11: Okay, well there was, there was a couple things that was said that really kind of resonated with me, and it started a little bit with Meg, and then went on to Jessica. And Meg, you, you used a term that I remember Paul Young using two years ago when he said grace for the day. And I've never been a type A personality, but I've been very goal oriented. And one of the challenges with being goal oriented is being present in the moment. Because you're always looking to the future. You're always planning. You're always measuring. And predictor- particularly if your environment conditions you for that, it can pose a challenge. And one of the things that I have, um, I would say relaxed and learning to relax into is the present moment and the present day. And being aware of the little things, we can consider them little things. Other people can consider them miraculous things. Because really, what about this life isn't miraculous? If we we just start with a clean slate, what is not miraculous about every little thing? Let's start with the human biology. Unbelievable. And then the way that we interact with each other, the relational value, all of those things start from the three-in-one, from the relationship and the image that we were created after. And so just really soaking that in, marinating, percolating, and abiding in that, being aware of that, has been something that has brought a lot of peace. Praise God. Yeah. And then I've been reminded of some, some prophetic things that have been spoken through the years too. And one of the things that I absolutely have to remind myself of, which has strengthened me and, and helped to lend to that, is um, it was probably about 12 years ago that I was, I was given a word from the Lord, not through somebody else straight into my or out of my spirit so being my own prophet
6: mm-hmm.
11: reminding myself that I am anointed to bring clarity to confusion and confidence to doubt that was the word that was the word mm-hmm. so that's fun too yeah yeah oh I cool. think that's where I'm at right now. okay Awesome. and Vicki I'd like to hear where you're at
12: okay hang on let me get a grip <laughs> um This is a constant in my heart and in my mind is that everything comes from relationship. And I was um, just thinking about that in terms of so many people want to shout truth to people. And in this day, whether it's politics or gender or rainbows or whatever you want to call it, People want to shout truth to these people. People want to shout that dynamic to them without having. And, I, and I, I'm not saying that we don't have love for for people that we disagree with, or we don't see the philosophy behind what they believe, or um, you know the science behind what they believe, because it's really not science. But um, you know, you look at it and you, you think to yourself, Lord, how can I speak truth? The only way you can speak truth in love is if you have a relationship with that person. And if you just are speaking truth, I think it's the clanging symbol that is talked about in Corinthians. It's just bang, 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 bang. Nobody's going to hear you. Nobody's going to... Respond to you, well they may respond to you but they're not going to respond out of a, a back and forth flow of things and so everything has to be born out of a place of love and a place of relationship and I believe that the church has to begin to do that to help people understand how much they are loved and how much the the dynamic of the world has crushed them. And, and if we have our testimonies and they have their testimonies and they speak to people in truth and love and they have their testimonies, I think we will see that normality coming back, that respect for one another, that desire for one another, for, for edification of each other and not putting people down and and doing all of that. So the biggest thing that the Lord is is constantly speaking to me about is, and, and the ladies in my Tuesday tea, they, they probably think I'm just so redundant, but I don't mean to be, but it is all about being in relationship with Trinity and understanding that in that relationship is the love to be able to do multiple things Holy Spirit wants us to do. Speak truth. Pray healing. Pray deliverance. You know, declare and decree. All of that comes from that relationship, that love. And if we don't embrace it and we think that we have this, this you know, machine gun thing to say truth to people, you are a clanging symbol. I'm just going to lay that out there so that is where the Lord has me has had me in the last two years since COVID and uh, he ain't taking me off that little (laughs) I don't know what you call it trip, journey whatever it is so do I get to call in someone? Mm -hmm. oh okay, Sterling
0: oh Oh, okay
13: (laughs) (laughs) Um, friendship is on my mind Friendship is one of those things where I'm finding more and more I pursue real relationships with people. And for whatever reason, if you start to like compare certain relationships, especially like family relationships with friendships, one of the things that differentiates those is you can stop answering the phone calls from your mom and she'll get mad at you but she'll still love you but you really don't want to talk to her because (laughs) you're going to hear the same thing over and over again, but your friends, you reach out to them and they reach out to you and you actually want to have conversations. You actually want to have relationships. And um, it's very interesting to me to understand that dynamic of, you know, sometimes we feel we have this obligation, to family, or to certain relationships. And for me in business, it's very hard because there's people always tugging on me for a relationship of some kind. And usually there's some sort of monetary attachment. They're trying to get business from me. And there's constant just message, phone call, email. Um, and I. So I'm longing more and more for a real relationship. And I, I start to think of like, you know, Jesus, how did you choose your friends? And I don't know that Jesus... And him choosing the disciples was any sort of pattern that we would follow. um, Because he just kind of went up to random dudes on the shore and said, hey, come and hang out with me. Uh, (laughs) I I don't know if there's anything too spiritual about that. But I think that there are those components. And even, you know, you talk about like Judas, for instance, he ends up turning away, um, maybe not being the best friend. But when you think about those relationships with people, and you think about those people that you want to continue to spend time with, you know, like we just went to uh Conejos on a, on a camping trip and we love that. We crave that. We have so much fun. We were so sad that we couldn't sit by the fire every night for two or three hours and get smoke in our eyes uh, <laughs> um, because we love each other. We love each other's company and we want to spend that time with each other apart from all the other things that we do. And, There's something about that that, you know, like I I have a really hard time with all the ways that people try to redefine what is salvation. What, you know, what are those things that we should be doing to encourage people to come to the Lord? I feel like it really does boil down to he wants to be with you for eternity. And, And if we try to come up with all these other explanations for all that and attach all these other things to it, we lose sight of the fact that he's the friend who actually wants to be with us. <laughs> he's the guy who actually wants to spend time with us, even though our other family member may not or doesn't care. Uh You know, oh yeah, you know, there are three chairs down at the wedding table and you know, they're still there and we get to be with them for eternity too, but he actually wants to be with us. (laughs) So I don't know. There's something about friendships. that's really stirring in me lately to, I, I don't know if it's, you know, have more and better relationships that are more meaningful, um, that are less, uh, that there's less of an agenda on either side, whether that's my own or theirs. Uh, there's just something too that's really kind of sticking with me about, you know, how do you do a God? And and part of it is my own, like I have to work on compassion and caring and wanting to know more about people. Like that's a really big thing for me. So God. I, I don't know if there's any gift in there, but.
0: Here's good. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 um, Jen and Greg, we'll, we'll get a great chance. <clears throat> While Jen's coming up, uh, Greg or, or Jim or Doris, you guys want to share anything? Yeah, Doris, go ahead.
14: Okay. Um, One of the multiple things the Lord's uh, working with me on right now is um, something that he said to me not too long ago. He said, if it feels good, do it. And that was kind of a mantra when I was a teenager. Uh, And, of course, they were talking about indulging. the flesh and but so many times when we are obedient to the leading of the holy spirit in whatever we're doing we usually have a very um you know a sense of pleasure a sense of accomplishment it's it's a it's a positive um response and so you know it sounds kind of odd i've not ever heard anybody else kind of talk about this in in this sense but the the lord uses visuals for me and and it's like okay my house i have a front door i have a back door i have a garage door and i have windows and and they i could use all of those to gain entry into my house which is using the analogy of being where I want to be and need to be in the Lord. And so, you know, this is just um, one of those windows or doors. It's like when I come to a point where I make a deci- need to make a decision about something to do, I just kind of think, you know, okay, what's going to bring me pleasure in the decision that I make? And so... Um, So sometimes I let that guide me. And one of the things that that has manifested in a positive way is that um, I've struggled for many years with a critical attitude. And um, of course, with my husband and I having been retired for 20 years and spending 80%, 90% 80%, 90% of our time together, I can feel myself slipping into criticism and um, impatience and, and that type of a thing. And so um he just recently has had some health challenges. And the Lord has just given me the grace to be able to be that nurse i need to be for him to be that companion to be that helper and i have found that by choosing to do the things that i need to do for him in love that causes me pleasure and um it just really um you know i've i've not been impatient with him i've i've it, enjoyed taking care of him, but I, I just thought it was just kind of a different entry into my house of, you know, this mantra of if it feels good, do it. And so I'm going to continue on that. And, uh, but it's, it's been a profitable one for me so far.
0: It's got some real relational overtones to it too. In other words, you know, the Lord's with us. And uh, gives us the desire of our hearts. That's cool. That's very cool. Greg, you you wanna share?
15: Um, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Um <clears throat> well I was gonna just came to mind the things that we were talking about in the room there. <clears throat> I've got a little bit of a cough, so I might have to interrupt a little bit here, but uh one of the things that uh is on my mind. Uh it really comes from my favorite movie of all time, The Count of Monte Cristo. Uh and for those of you who have not seen that movie, it is a journey of a, a young, good young man, a young sailor who's principled and wants to do right by people. And he has beliefs in God. He believes in God. He believes God's everywhere. He said so. He goes, well God is everywhere. Um and he believes that authentically And then he goes through a horrific time, a terrible time, at the hands of corrupt people. And in that time, he meets someone else who's also going through a horrific time at the hands of corrupt people. And they're they're prison mates together. And uh, at a very critical juncture in the movie, in the plot, uh, this old friend of his in prison is dying. He's breathing his last breath. And uh, he also believes strongly in God. And he directs him to a map where he can find some treasure, so that he can break free from prison and, and live a full and good life. And he says, "Find the map. Use your head. God will be with you." And he looked at him and said, "I don't believe in God anymore." And uh, with his last breath, this old prison prisoner who believed in God said, "That's okay. He believes in you." One of the things I'm learning through some very difficult times including watching janice die which is the last thing that i ever thought would ever happen um, is that i before i had a belief that god's all around me and helping me that was true enough but but it wasn't true enough um i found out god's in me and there's a a preacher i like to listen to uh pretty often by the name of joseph prince and he and and pastor larry Teach something very, very similar. It's helped me a lot. Uh, He walks you through the Greek and there's these verses from the Apostle Paul. Uh, And in the English, it is mistranslated. It says the faith in God. And in the Greek, uh, that's actually in the genitive case. And it means faith of God, meaning you do not muster up faith in God. But God has faith in you. It is the faith of Christ, not faith in Christ. Um, And if you read it in Greek, it's faith of Christ. Uh, That has helped me so much because when Janice passed away, I told God, I said, "There's you, you cannot have me have that experience and expect me to believe in you. I can't do that. I cannot do that. And Joseph Prince was teaching on faith of Christ, not in Christ. Stop trying to muster up faith in Christ. It's faith of Christ. It's his faith. In the Father. When I first came to Joyland Church, Larry was teaching on this topic. The new covenant is Jesus. It is not you finding Jesus, getting into Jesus, mustering up something to Jesus. The new covenant is Jesus Christ. And that has been uh, a huge help because it took a lot of burden off of my shoulders uh because there's been a lot of circumstances where i'm like how how will i ever believe in you and, and it's like jesus is saying i didn't expect you to do that i've done that that's that's complete too i am the alpha and the omega so uh that's been what's on my mind um because there's been a lot of other circumstances happen after that including ones i'm currently in that are challenging some of which i haven't done some of which i've screwed up and done um and I find a stability in that. Uh, I don't muster up the fill in the blank for Jesus. I don't, I don't, that's not the Christian life. Um, and so, between hearing Pastor Prince say faith of Christ, not faith in Christ, read it carefully in the Greek. And uh, there's some translations that get it correctly. But the also, um, the, uh, also just hearing, Pastor Larry, when there's this house meeting once where he just said, the new covenant is Christ. It's not new covenant is filled in the blank. You do this for Christ. It's not that's not what it is. So those things have been in the forefront of my mind recently. And I'm going to mute so I don't have a coughing fit in all of your ear.
16: (laughs) So very cool to hear where everyone's at and the relationship with the Lord. And I could do the same, but I felt led by the Lord to share a psalm instead. So I'm going to go with that, trusting that maybe someone needs to be reminded or encouraged by that. And it's uh, Psalm 146. I'm going to read from the Passion. And I, I think one of the things to keep in mind as I read this is Jesus is the word, and he's given us his word. And all the circumstances going on in our personal lives and throughout the world can, can be shaking us. But when our anchor is in Jesus and our anchor is in what the word says, and it's all true because he's truth, then that helps my perspective. And so um, those are the things to hang on to if you're going through a a challenging time. So I hope this uh, pierces through that for you. It starts with praise. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. My innermost being will praise you, Lord. I will spend my life praising you and singing high praises to you, my God, every day of my life. We can never look to men for help. No matter who they are, they can't save us. For even our great leaders fail and fall. They too are just mortals who will one day die. At death, the spirits of all depart and their bodies return to dust. In the day of their death, all their projects and plans are over. But those who hope in the Lord will be happy and pleased. Our help comes from the God of Jacob. You keep all your promises. You are the creator of heaven's glory, earth's grandeur, and the ocean's greatness. Now these are the things I'm going to read next. It might not seem real right now, but this is the truth. The oppressed get justice with you the hungry are satisfied with you prisoners find their freedom with you you open the eyes of the blind and you fully restore those bent over with shame you love those who lo- you love those who love and honor you you watch over strangers and immigrants and support the fatherless and widows But you subvert the plans of the ungodly. That is the truth. Lord, you will reign forever. Zion's God will rule throughout time and eternity. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And so, Lord, I'm just going to pray over my brothers and sisters Lord, that, that these words ignite something in their hearts that renew hope where hope is gone, where there's disbelief or discouragement, that, Lord, your word is true because you are truth. And um, I thank you for the work of the Holy Spirit in each of us, as was shared tonight, of all that you're speaking to your children and that you continue to to just reign over your words to give them everything that they need because you're a good Father. And we can trust you. And in the midst of things that we are waiting for and longing for, Lord, I thank you that our hope is not in man. Our hope is in you. You are the truth. You are our life, God. And you're good all the time. And so, Lord, I I continue to be expectant. For your restoration, because that's who you are and that's what you do because you're good. Amen. Amen.
0: So, uh, one of the things that the Lord spoke to me today, I uh, I felt like I've been kind of self indulgent, and I won't go into all the details, but uh, I just said, Lord, I thank you for your forgiveness for that. And I'm sorry. <clears throat> and He began talking to me about something somebody said about having faith in me. And uh, believing in me, like you said, Greg. So it was—it was—it was pretty amazing, really. And uh, so I was, it was—I'd had an interesting week, busy week. And uh, sometimes I felt that, and sometimes I didn't. But this morning, the Lord just was really reassuring me of that. And then we had this goofy thing happen today. I was finalizing some stuff for tonight, and Vicky hollers and goes, "There's a goat on the porch." <laughs> okay, now. <clears throat> One of the grousing and complaining things that, that I, uh, did was just over the pressure of the church. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I don't want that. It was over just the, the pressure of, of, uh, you know, Paul talks about the, there being the pressure of the church that, that's uh, on him. And, um, that's been weighing on me a little bit. And somehow, this goat being on her porch, and, and she's a cute little goat. She's uh, uh, either milk goat or mama goat. I mean, that's how you get to be a milk goat. But anyway, she needs milking. If she doesn't, if, if her owner doesn't come by the time we get home tonight, I'm going to have to milk her. And I haven't milked goats in probably about 50 years. But uh, anyway, uh, she was on the porch and she was kind of skittish, and she she wouldn't leave, but she wouldn't come to me. And so I just pushed the door open. It was obvious she was a human-oriented goat, you know. And I pushed the door open and jacked it open. And I backed up in my living room, and she real tentatively stepped on the threshold, and came in the front front door, and uh, and then Vicky was uh, holding Cassie and talking to her, and went around the I went around the back and snuck up on the front porch and closed the door. So I didn't know what was going to happen. Hope she wasn't going to pee on the floor or whatever the case is. But uh, she did that later out on the deck, so that was cool. But uh, anyhow, she just lay down in our living room. And that let me kind of sneak up on her and get a rope on her. And she didn't like the rope much, and we had kind of a tussle. That way I, my idea was to tie her off in the front. But I was really trying to be just look out for her interest and her owner's interest, you know. And uh, I, I was watching as I had her tied off to the fence, and she was going to hurt herself. So I got her and had to kind of constrain her got the rope off of her. And with all that, I was just holding her a little bit and scratching her ears, and she just stood there and took it, and then she was you know, kind of antsy. And probably only three minutes later, she was laying against the sliding glass door on her porch, just as contented as could be. And, and so we put some signs up, and hopefully somebody's going to get it. But there was such a simplicity of that ability to do for that goat and the people that own her. And it was, the Lord said, I just knew I had some b- people, you and Vicki, that I could trust. I thought, wow. <laughs> that was pretty amazing. That was pretty amazing. So, anyway, praise God. That's who he's looking for, I think. And I think he's found it in some of us. I mean, I look for somebody to give a revelation about heaven to. Oh, there's Emily. I'll do that. Or uh, I'm going to speak this thing. It's kind of weird about entanglement. Uh, oh, yeah, Patricia, I can trust her with that. Or a message to whoever you sent that message to. Please come. It's awesome. Okay, yeah, this is what I want to look at. This is all I'm going to deal with. So this is the first the first few verses of 1 Corinthians 14. And... Paul's talking about the gifts. He's encouraging us the greater gifts. He's speaking about prophecy. And he says this. He says, but the one who prophesies speaks to men for edification, exhortation, and consolation. And the one speaking in tongue edifies himself, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. And this whole thing is about edifying one another, as you saw in that one passage. But here are those three words. The first one is okodome. And it combines okios, which is a dwelling, particularly a home, and doma, which is to build. And so the definition of the word edification, which gets used a lot in here, is to build a structure, and the idea behind that structure, and it can apply to anything, and it's used a lot of times in Greek for other things, but it can apply to... Uh, uh, but what it, the idea behind it is a place that is like a home to live in or belong to. It's a very relational thought. Exhortation is the word paraklesis. Does that remind you of a word? That's really what it's talking about. It's talking about the role that the Holy Spirit has alongside us. And that the breakout of that word is para means near or beside, like you know that the Holy Spirit walks alongside us. And kaleo is to call. So the definition is to uh, of exhortation, why it's translated that, is to implore. Or to console with an invitation, but the truth behind the invitation is it's a personal invitation. It's saying, Sonny, come along here. Come along here. And Vicki, you mentioned something about relationship being at the core of everything. Um, the next word is paramuthia, same para, near, beside. So we have three words that define prophecy and that we're admonished is, is what the Holy Spirit's doing through us prophetically. One of them talks about your home and family, your belonging. One of them talks about being near you with an invitation to belong. And the third one talks about being near and beside in muthos, which is a tale or a story. And so the act of this consolation translation is emboldening another in belief or in the course of action that they're taking with their story. And this reminds me so much of what a testimony is and how I've heard we've got a guy on one of the ascensions uh, named Israel who likes sharing his testimonies because he says God always repeats it. So I just thought it was amazing. Everything relational, the gratitude, the simple recognition, the commissioning, all that stuff. That's the heart of what we're admonished to do. So that's all I need to go on for tonight for sure. Praise God. So it also says some other place, somebody has a song, I think, in Ephesians. So now it'll be turned for that. Bless you guys. Thank you for being put on the spot. It's cool. Who survived it? Good.